0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All
1: right, guys, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Today, we are looking at Genesis 19 to 21, and we are on a wild ride.
0: We're in for a real treat today. (laughs) A
1: real treat. I don't know if I would say it's a real treat. Um, This is something that's interesting. When you go on a journey of reading the whole Bible... Sometimes you will be surprised by what it says.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because I feel like I've heard this story like enough times in my childhood or whatever, but like when you actually read the details of this story, it is like intensely like gross and just
1: ugh. So this is unbelievable. Interesting extra credit commentary. A lot of us who grew up in church, uh, a lot of our context of the whole Bible actually comes from Sunday school and not from, like, regular weekly preaching, uh, because...
0: A very watered-down version of what is actually there.
1: Well, basically, like, a lot of people, and it's not necessarily this way anymore, but a lot of us have, like, a Sunday school background that was created for us in, like, when we were younger. Mm -hmm. And when you're younger, you're not going to get all these stories. There's not a flannel graph version of Lot in a cave with his daughters. Like, that's... You're just not going to teach that to little kids. Um, But this does make the case that we need to be students of the entire Bible, understand the entire story, um, and you you have to read it for yourself to get that. So I commend you all for going on this journey with us. Um, I've done this before, and this is one of the reasons I want to continue doing it, because it is good to read and reread these stories, because ultimately we're reading the Bible to understand who God is, not who these crazy people are. And there is some crazy people.
0: So I think something cool about the way that we will more than likely do this, I have never read through the entire Bible myself. Ryan has done this. This is like round two, I think. Yeah, it's round two. Um, And Ryan definitely understands... The Bible in a much different way than I do. Um, He's studied it much more intensely than I have. So when we come with these stories, I kind of come just like with raw emotion, like what the heck is going on? And I think Ryan can really speak to like the history and what is there and like remind me sometimes of like God's plan, God's sovereignty, like cultural implications, all these things that go into it that make it a little bit easier to chew and like understand or maybe attempt to understand because some of it is just like it's just real weird and it just like is appalling at moments
1: (laughs) so there's shocking stuff in this narrative yesterday we saw god kind of setting up that he's going to judge sodom today we see that happen um the way that sets off is that these two angels who are with god they go down into the town Uh, lot wants to welcome them into his home when they go into the home uh basically the the entire city and the, the bible is clear that basically like All the men, the youngest to the oldest, they show up outside Lot's door and they they want to know these men. There is a little bit of a debate about what to know means. Um, Some people want to say that they just wanted to get to know them. Like they wanted to be like associated with them. Uh, The vast majority of scholarship says they actually just wanted to have sex with them. Like to know someone is a euphemism in Genesis for sex. So we know that the city is depraved. Uh, We know that a uh, lot is shocked by the wickedness in the city. Um, also, if these men were simply like knocking on the door, wanting to get to know these guests, it would not make sense for a lot to be like, hey, here's my two daughters, have sex with them. Mm-hmm. Like these guys wanted to have sex with these guests. Um, so that shows us quickly how depraved the city is. It is, in fact, very wicked. Um, and it would have been seen as shockingly wicked because one of the things that this culture would have really valued would be hospitality. So in a culture where you're expected, we actually saw this earlier where Abraham like throws a giant party for these guests. So Abraham throws a giant party for these guests. He kills a fatted calf. He has Sarah make a special dinner. When these guests get to Sodom, they want to rape them. Like that's how crazy this is. Mm -hmm. And so the angels strike the, assailants
0: crowd yeah. yeah they
1: strike them with blindness it's actually the same uh terms used in the story of saul on the road to damascus. Uh, damascus so he like disorients them and they're able to escape one of the things we see is that their lot is unable to get uh like the the men who were supposed to to marry his daughters he's unable to get them to leave mm-hmm. so they are like engaged in all this they don't want to leave um, and then God judges the the city. So one of the things to remember ultimately is that God is a just judge. And so you can look mm-hmm. at this and be like, oh my goodness, like, why did he, why did he do that? Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously very wicked and we do see time and time again, we'll see this more and more throughout the Old Testament that God is gracious and well, he is long suffering.
0: We saw that in the previous yesterday's episode where... Abraham is even saying, hey, like, will you save at least this yeah. many people? And God says, well, if there are that many, then I would save them. And he gets down to the number of 10. Like, even if it's 10 of them, I will save them. And as it turns out, there are not even 10. When they when they make it out, the daughters end up being just as awful. Like, they want to make their father drunk so that they can sleep with him and continue, I guess, their their line. Is that the idea? Yeah.
1: So. One thing to notice, I mean, one, this this narrative is shocking. It's very disappointing. Mm-hmm. It would have struck the original audience the same way um, with like some subtle differences. So one, they go from living in this, the center of the city as influential people to hiding in a cave. So they've like lost everything. Um, the daughters are just with their dad and they need some kind of offspring to like ensure that they're going to. Be a successful family Mm -hmm. like lot is going to die. He's old and then they're just going to die because they have no one to care for them. So it's not odd that they are looking for uh, some offspring. It's not odd that they're looking for um, like a, a means for affluence. The way they go about getting it is super messed up.
0: Deception and incest. Yeah, it's
1: deception and incest. And what's odd, I I don't have a super clean answer for this, but in 2 Peter 2, uh, we'll find that Peter is laying out uh, kind of this case that God um, helps us to escape temptation. You can go there and read it for yourself. But in that that course of setting up that argument that God um, delivers us, he calls Lot a righteous man. So there's something about Lot that Peter understood. Um, I guess that he was delivered from Sodom mm-hmm. and that he did stand up for people. Like he is saying, like, hey, you can't take advantage of these guests. Like he <laughs> he, he obviously has flaws. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. Um, also, he's like super drunk. The Bible is not in favor of getting drunk. Um, we've seen that happen with Noah as well. Yep. Um, so I think there's this blend of Lot apparently is trying to honor God in some fashion but also his family is seriously impacted by the evil culture that they've been a part of. Like mm-hmm. you see his daughters are not God-honoring people at all. Right. Um, and, and we have a lot of questions about, about him, and I don't have a really great fancy bow to put on that. There could mm-hmm. be some scholars that understand it that maybe could put a bow on it. I don't know. But there are there are messy things in the Bible.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think a word that you would describe this as is just there's just a lot of disappointment and i think as i read over this like i said earlier just remembering back to those stories like oh abraham and sarah and lot and sodom and like all the things that i would have like learned about but now seeing like complete full details of it just like it's just disappointing like ah what the heck um so specifically when um we kind of move into when Abraham, excuse me when isaac was born Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we're moving into when Isaac is born. And that, to me, was also just, like, always a joyous thing. Like, yay, like, this promise that God made to them finally arrived. And it is exciting. But on the same token, that Sarah, she just, like, really disappointed me. Because I always saw her as, like, this awesome, yay, go get him. But I, I kind of described her as, like, just a brat. Like, she gets what she wants and then goes and tells Hagar to just go away. Um, and God kind of like confirms that to Abraham too. Like, well, like allow them to go, like give them what they need and send them on their way. And then Hagar is just out with Ishmael in the desert, just like basically crying out to God, waiting for her baby to die.
1: But what's cool is that Hagar's hope is not in Abraham. Hagar's hope is not in Sarah. Hagar's hope is in God and God consistently seeks Mm -hmm. her and cares for her.
0: It's just the sad way that it happens. It's just like, so not what I remember or I guess even knew about growing up
1: what's interesting and maybe we could we could thread this into your part to close this out is that like our hope is not in the people around us and so what's really cool is that Hagar I'm sure was significantly disappointed by Abraham and Sarah but she was not disappointed by God Mm -hmm. God cared for her God cared for Ishmael and so our hope is in the Lord. It's not in the people around us. It's not It's not in our boss. It's not in our husband. It's not in our wife. It's not in our sons. It's not in our daughters. Our hope is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we need to keep our hope, like, securely fixed on him. I mean, actually, I could tie that in with uh, with Lot's daughters. Like, they understand their plight. And the first thing they do is, like, 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 literally their first option is, like, well, we could get our dad drunk and sleep with him. Right. Like, it's not like, wow, we should cry out to the Lord. I definitely
0: agree with you, though, because I feel like my idea of Hagar has always just been that she's been the home wrecker, like, disappointing person, but like you're describing it, there's, like, there's new appreciation for her and that, like you said, her hope is not in all these people because they failed her, ultimately, and her hope and trust is in the Lord because he's seeing her through, even in these, like, most ridiculous, dysfunctional, crazy times.
1: Well, guys, uh, there's a lot in the, in these couple of chapters. So if you just go off of just what Jenny and I talked about, you'll miss out. Uh, we definitely encourage you to stick around, listen to the text, read the text for yourself, make sense of the text for yourself, read over it, uh, study it, find something out for yourself in it. I think the thing I want to encourage all of you in today is to, to keep your hope and your trust in the Lord. It's not your job. It's not your church. It's not your pastor. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not your grandparents. Your hope is in the Lord. And anytime you put your hope in something else, you will be disappointed and you will be probably led astray, like e- either in a very forthright way or in a roundabout way. Like we are designed to hope in God because it is God who looks out for us, just like it was God that looked out for Hagar, that looked out for Abraham, that looked out for Lot. Um, so that's that's our part in the story. That's the, the takeaway for today. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. See you then. Bye. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you, and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, Stand back. And they said, This fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man Lot, and drew near to break the door down. But the men reached out their hands, and brought Lot into the house with them, and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-laws, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in this city, bring them out of this place, for we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were met, who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his son-in-laws to be jesting. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who were here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And my life will be saved. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this favor also that I will not overthrow the city which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the valley. And he looked, and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. Now Lot went up out of Zor and lived in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to live in Zor. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. And the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve our offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay down with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she arose. The next day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you will go in and lie with him, that we may preserve our offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn bore a son and named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites to this day. From there, Abraham journeyed toward the territory of the Negev and lived there between Kadesh and Shur, and he sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech king of Gerar sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech, who had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes. I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die, and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, and called all his servants, and told them all these things. And the men were much afraid. Then Abimelech asked Abraham and said to him, "What have you done to us, and how I have sinned against you, that you have brought me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not be done." And Abimelech said to Abraham, "What did you see that you did this thing?" Abraham said, "I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother." And she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is the kindness you must do me. At every place to which we come, say of me, He is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen, and male servants and female servants, and gave them to Abraham, and returned Sarah his wife to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brothers a thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you, and before every one you are vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham laughing. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Be not displeased, because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And I will make a nation of this son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness. When the water in the skin was gone, she put a child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, Let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice, and and God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God appeared to Hagar from heaven, and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up." Lift up the boy, and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water, and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness, and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took, his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. At that time, Abimelech and Philchol... The commander of his army said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity, but as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me and with the land where you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. When Abraham reproved Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, and I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant. Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock apart, and Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of those seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? He said, These seven ewe lambs you will take from my hand, and this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore, that place was called Beersheba because both of them swore an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.